The claws are coming out. I was, okay. I was, I was making the lineup, the action figure lineup for today's episode. Oh, yeah. And there are Wolverine claws, Beast paws, Saber tooth claws, Black cat claws. Mary Jane says face it, tiger. Oh, my gosh. You know, there's the big cat theme. If I knew the musical Cats, maybe I'd sing something from Cats, but mm, I don't. I don't think And it's, it's too early for that. There's not really anything super appropriate from Cats. <laughs> oh, man. Welcome to the Ex-Wife Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm Justin. And uh, we're coming to you nice and cozy on a Christmas Eve morning. On a Christmas morn. Well, Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve morn. Yeah. So it's a it's an exciting week of comics today. We are talking about X Men Unlimited number sixty six, Marvel Voices number thirty, Dark Web Gold Goblin number two, Dark Web Miss Marvel number one, Dark Web Mary Jane and Black Cat number one, the X Men Annual number one, Wolverine number twenty eight. And Sabretooth in the Exiles, number two. Now, before we get into that, the news. The news. Before what? Before the news. Is that order correct? Because I don't even think it is. That was the order that I put them in before I read them, and I didn't even adjust. But I would argue that Sabretooth was not the strongest book. I would agree. Even if it was good. All three were solid. Great Rock books solid. all around. Good. Wolverine is the book of the week. Uh, hmm. You disagree. I, I think that Wolverine is in the running. Probably, it's probably the book of the week. Are you talking about the Krakoan books or are you talking about all the books? I'm talking about the Krakoan books specifically. You think the X-Men annual was better than On Wolverine? On par. If not, I don't think it was better, but I think it was in in some kind of conversation with. You think that X-Men annual versus Sabretooth. Yeah, I think it goes X Men Annual Sabretooth Wolverine. Wow. Well, let's let's get into the news. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Okay, the news. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's get into the news. I can't just say let's get into the news. You can't just say the news. You need a song. It's not just the news. It's the news. Tony, Tony, Tony. Ugh. What? Why are we talking about Tony? Invincible Iron Man. Oh, God. Number one sells out. Sells out. And gets a second printing. Oh, God. Why do we care? Why are we talking about it? Well, because a certain pink skinned (laughs) industrialist is going to be a main villain. Is that? Phalong. Oh, okay. Has taken over Stark Industries. Oh, snap. Something seeded. At the beginning of House of X and Powers of Ten, a data page from Reed and Tony, the whole, when I die, you take my stuff. When you die, I take your stuff. They both died. Damage control assumed all Took of their, their things. That now falls under the purview of, or connection to, Orcus in some way. This is... So... Oh, gosh. We got teases for Stark Sentinels. No. Where would that come from? Well, probably the mutant-hating manager of Stark International, Phalong, using the name of the Golden Avenger to take down our mutant people. The Golden Avenger. Triggered. Look at her face. What is that? 
The Golden Avenger? That's what he was referred to as. Old Buckethead. Okay, Buckethead I like. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the main reason, the headline, where to bury the lead. Yeah, right? This issue is about four, <laughs> it's about, issue five is about Emma Frost crossing out the name of Tony Stark and taking front and center on this book. So I have to wait till issue five for Emma? I'm going to read four issues At least by the solicits. I don't know if you're going to read them, but I read the first one and it was pretty solid. Well, I feel like if Emma's going to become a main part of this book and it is going to tie into the X universe with Orcus, I should read it. That's the interest that drew me in and the reason why I found myself an issue one before it goes to second print because it is going to a second print, which is always exciting to hear when... Uh, a title does well. It's very new reader friendly. If you're interested in Iron Man, it does a lot of great analogs to his MCU counterpart. So you don't feel like, what is all this history? You know, like, yeah, he drinks, he builds robots, he had a dad. They were weird. <laughs> Rhodey's there. Okay. Like, <clears throat> it, I, I enjoyed it. And plus, you know, Jerry. Yeah. Well, I love Jerry. So right. if anybody can make me like Iron Man, right. it when, could be Jerry or when, tolerate him. When you casually and subtly work in a Wu-Tang reference into your comic book, I'm in. I'm here. You're ready for it. It's for the kids. <laughs> your girl. My girl. Your, your girls, I mean, technically to follow up on the first point, but Captain Carter. Captain Carter. Has been teased in a cover reveal as a active member of Captain Britain. Can I tell you, so I don't know if you all remember, but I mentioned a couple months ago that when I was reading the Captain Carter series that her partner was Lizzie Braddock, who was Betsy. And at first it was unclear if she was going to be a mutant or not. And she ended up being one. And it's just so cool to see them partnered up in this book and then be like, boom, guess what? They're going to partner up in another book. Watch out. The sequel is coming to you. I mean, putting Captain Carter in the next book, like, let's go. Yeah, they're just really drawing everything together, which I've been saying for a couple months that everything's going to splinter out from the X books. You got mm-hmm. Emma Frost is doing the Avengers tour. Yep. She's going to be in Captain she's America next month. Cap. And then she's going to be she's in gonna go mess Iron with Tony. Man. And then we get just, whatever that tease of a potentially new Unity Squad is on the free comic book day. Don't, don't let them get married. I know like a lot of people want it, but I don't. And that's what I'll say. That's what I'll say about it. Mm. I don't see Emma as a married type. Just a side piece to Scott? Oh. 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 That was lethal. Like the lethal legion coming to their faces just dropped jaw. I am so on Christmas. On you Christmas would say Day. This on on Christmas, Christmas Day. Yeah, at least she gets first dibs on handling the inner thoughts. I cannot with you right now. Carry on. What are you saying about legions? Lethal Legion. <laughs> new Mutants and Lethal Legion, a new mini series coming in March, spinning out of New Mutants, oh, written by that, that sounds cool. Charlie Jane Anders. So following Escapade and a couple of our core New Mutants group, mm-hmm. I don't know what's happening to the New Mutants title with mm. this. I don't know if that's going under another creative team, if that's getting ended. Oh, well, yeah. We'll see. We shall see. We got so many covers. So many covers? There was this, it was a really interesting article and reveal of colors where different Stormbreakers did homages to 
various art movements. Mm. And the one that I had posted was Lucas Wernick doing Art Nuovo, mm-hmm. which I then had to look up what, what that was or what those various art movements are. And yeah. uh, there is an article on Marvel that talks about how, you know, CF Villas is Mexican muralism. We had Elena Casagrande's got a Russian fairy tale art with awesome. Laura Kinney Wolverine. That's so cool. I love it. I love Martin Kokolo's Doctor Strange cover. Ooh. And that is Pinturas Negras as the art movement. I just felt like I was learning about art history it's and like art also history class, enjoying but some, comics. Yeah, comics. And a bunch of new covers for the rest of the solicits of March. And you can check out our Instagram if you want to take a look at some of those covers. I didn't post all of them. There's some of them. The ones that tickled, tickled, tickled my fancy. fancy. And on Marvel.com, we got a Sins of Sinister primer. So Ooh. if you're here because you came from Dark Web or Spider-Man or you're just popping in for the first time, and you're like, what's going on with this what guy? What is happening? With, with Diamond Face. Who's this Diamond this Face Diamond guy? Face dude got going on? If you're confused, well, they got that for you. If you're confused more broadly, well, I don't know what to say. Be more specific, I guess. <laughs> but we love it. We're here for it. We're here for it. We have three entries into our poll. Three entries. Sabretooth oh, and the Exiles, Wolverine and X-Men Annual. Who won and by how much? I feel as though what we talked about at the very beginning of the episode has really made me doubt myself as far as my choices of what I think the answers will be. Listen to your heart, babe. So I'm going to say that Wolverine won by 42%. It's like the pulse is no longer able to be felt. No, stop it. Don't freaking say stuff that, like that. that. Actually, now hearing it out loud, that's terrible. I'm <laughs> dead? You no, just said No, I'm your read dead. your read on the people this week is a little off. Okay, it's let, a little me, clouded. let me... Let me try again. Shake it off. Shake it shake off. It off shake Take it, it off, again. Shake it off. Not editing it out. I know. Don't do it. Okay. Because that would be lies. So, okay. So, we know it's not Wolverine. So, it's the X-Men annual number one. Won the poll. Won the poll by 57%. 58%. She okay. got it. She got she it on round two. She, she got, got it on round two. Here she goes. I mean, that, that's a wild difference from the first <laughs> prediction. Not but. really. You said forty-two percent to fifty-seven percent. Yeah, but that, yeah, but that one, difference. it is in the swing of votes going from okay, one book to okay, the next. Well, that is a, it's not a difference in okay, number. And then, but and then Wolverine. No, Wolverine lost. Oh my God! What is wrong with everyone? Just kidding. You guys are great. Yeah, X Men Annual number one, fifty-eight percent. Sabretooth and the Exiles number two, twenty-three percent. Wolverine twenty-eight, nineteen percent. Oh God, it's intense. Two Infinity. And comics beyond yeah oh infinity comics ha 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 marvel voices the family snicked oh the family snicked i loved the vibe of this coming in this was like family road trip with games and like, yeah like this is the family bonding that was teased at the beginning especially when it's like this time of year and you're just like chilling and things are a little bit more low-key and maybe you are playing a board game with your family or whatever or you are traveling with your family you for the holidays traveling. yeah it's just a good very nostalgic very homey very comforting vibe and it gives a sense of wolverine and 
his family that we don't often see. The right. fact like it's having them on panel together at the same time. Like mm-hmm. every book gets a Wolverine, but rarely, rarely do we do see the them Wolverines all. Wolverines come together. Right, right. And speaking about people missing, Jonathan has been discovered to be missing. Yes, and we must go find him. I haven't smelled him in days, said Doc and Fang, Akira, whatever you want to call him. Yeah. It's like, he's kind of like their stinky family dog. And that's how they're joking about Jonathan? that. Jonathan? Yeah, right. He's not yeah. a pet and he's not a dog. Like, a very specific mm-hmm. disagreement to that last issue, but... I know. It, it's the vibe that I'm getting from their conversation. Yes. And poor Gabby is so upset because she's like, Jonathan didn't trust those people and I shouldn't have trusted those people. Yeah. Now she's regretting it. So basically they head back to the original site where he was missing. Look for clues. And then they look for clue- clues and they deduce that he has been taken to California. Badger Haven. And Adventure. Uh, that's uh that's where we end. We end with our with some journey. Horror movie hell as we the go forward. Place. Yes. Written by Stephanie Williams, art by Alan Robinson, colors KJ Diaz, letters Joe Sabino. VCs Joe Sabino. I love it. I love this and I love that it's like an extra X Men comic. Yeah, it's really fun. It's just adorable. It's super adorable. It's a fun read and the Snicks are great together. When how do I get a Snicked family t shirt? I would totally buy a Snake Family t-shirt. If we made it, it would get taken down. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> but that's not going to stop me. No. On to X-Men Unlimited? Yeah, Number X-Men what, 66? Unlimited. Number 66. How'd you feel about this one in comparison to the last one? I last liked one you were this out. one better. Yeah? Yeah. This one had a lot of big stuff. The, mm-hmm. the, the questions on the gateway possibilities from yes. Apocalypse and Sinister. What what can we do? Oh, maybe we'll come for your home first because you seem so weak in this battle. Yeah. Why are you so puny, Xavier? Apocalypse's parenting. It's like, oh, you want to take down? <laughs> like, I would love to kill this tree. Show me. Yeah. <laughs> that was so dope. Show me how you would kill this tree. I mean, basically, this was just epic battle, which I very much enjoyed. Yeah. And... and- some really interesting tactics as yes. Xavier unleashed the variety of Sinister. Right? You think of Sinister yeah. purging himself of different mentalities or beliefs. or And then Xavier's like, boom, I put it all back Here in. it all is jumbled up and different voices. It's like having symbiotes inside you, Deadpool. Mm-hmm. And I like the way that Xavier is like, I have to keep you close to me, Sinister, because I don't trust you. Right, yeah. And I if wish... I just let you on your own, you would do worse things than you do underneath my watchful eye. Which is something that, you know, is inferred, but not explicitly said. And also his eye is not very watchful. You know? You're not very paying attention. <laughs> You're right. That's yeah. not a sentence. Uh, if we, yeah, right. If we check at Beast and Sinister, uh, I think you could do a little bit more. You could pay a little bit more attention, Xavier. And the Genesis reveal and use of mm. Against Apocalypse, like to start that conversation, Xavier's like, in my world, you are much closer. I keep you much closer to me. And, you know, yeah. like to know that that difference in their connection what he's learned because how would you know about genesis in this world right that's his centuries lost wife right likely this apocalypse hasn't seen since that moment yeah plus i was like oh savage xavier i won't play with your mind i'll play with your heart yeah right that legion quest shot at the end as moira magneto hold a dying xavier oof and we see a dark beast swallowing up some 
at the end. I thought that that's what that face was as the mind of Xavier falls down the pit into an open jaw. I may have missed that. Hold on, please. As she looks it up, I'm going to tell you it was written by Jordan Blum, art by Salva Espen, colors Israel Silva, letters Josebino again. VCs, Josebino. Oh, I see. Yes, a dark beast swallowing him. Interesting. Interesting. What about this one? So you, you said yeah, I like this you one shifted better. on this one? Yeah. That's good. I'm glad to hear. I'm here for it. It was it was more the tone and the pacing and all of that that I liked of this one better. Because <laughs> Xavier died is why you liked it. <laughs> no, that's not true. It just I don't didn't like, like a it comic last that is Xavier just standing and preaching how awesome Xavier is. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. So this was more dynamic than that. But the story has had me throughout, and I'm excited. There's one more left. Oh, a finale. A finale, I believe. I think that was five. Gilbert Rojo 1022 wants to know what our favorite book of the week was overall, all six. Oh, my favorite book of the week? Yeah. I think may have been Mary Jane and Black Cat. Whoa. Watch out, X-Men. I had a I had a time reading it and I I generally pick my or yeah, I generally pick my favorite on a book that gives me the biggest whoa. And uh, <laughs> we all strive to have that from a book. <laughs> and that one, what? that one had the biggest what, what, what? Yeah, there were several what's in that, but let's get into them. I want to do the highest level on these three. Okay, but wait, what was your favorite book of the week? Oh, my favorite you book of the week? The question. Hmm, no, that's true. That's a good point. I think it might, it, it's a tie between Wolverine and X-Men Annual. I think it was Wolverine. Mm-hmm. I think it was Wolverine, and if I'm being honest with myself, I think it was Wolverine. Yes, I loved X-Men Annual, and I really liked what it did for the X-Men team and mm-hmm. for Firestar in particular, but just the the thread that's been going through Wolverine and just the quality of Wolverine in comparison to before, I just feel like this, ever since Destiny of X, Wolverine has been a great book. Oh, yeah. Before it was just an X-Force offshoot. And even you could still say that it kind of is through this, but it is very specifically its own story. Yeah. Led by Wolverine and manipulated by Beast. Truth. All right. Dark Web. Green Goblin. Green Goblin. Number two. Gold Goblin. Sorry. That's triggering. He's about (laughs) to go Goblin mode if you say that, which I loved. So I don't know if we mentioned it on the pod a couple weeks ago, but that is... Oxford Dictionary's word of the year is goblin New mode. word added to the dictionary. Which just means to be slothen, you know, lazy, indulgent. And goblin mode. To, to use that to Norman when he's clearly going through it. Yeah. I thought that was amazing. Topical. We're, we're going to give it a, a quick little page turn noise since we're going high level. You don't, because you didn't read issue one, so this references to Jack-O-Lantern, this guy in the hospital. You're like, who is this guy? Yeah, a little bit that, but I was like, I'm sure I'll get that cleared up. Yeah, so, so that wasn't that big of a deal That's a, a classic Spider-Man villain, and mm-hmm. now he's brewing in the background to be seemingly Gold Goblin's villain. Yes. And, and Ben's playing some mind games, basically. That's what's happening here. Ben's playing some mind games with Norman. He's seeing himself as the goblin. My favorite part, though, of when that woman said goblin mode was after when she asked if she was fired. Yeah, right. Am I fired? Right. Am I fired? 
our unlikely trio of this woman who I can't remember her name, Norman Osborne and I believe that's Liz. Yeah. Harry Osborne's wife or widow because he's dead and or cloned mm-hmm. as they drive through the park and run into Norman's old friend, a little dog that's been demonized and apparently was killed by Norman as a child. By him. But he was just trying to save him from whatever his father would do. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that checks out. That's Ooh. definitely something that you tell yourself to make it right. Yeah. Basically, all of Norman's demons are coming out to play and it's really messing with his mind. All of his sins that have been eaten and given to Dr. Kafka, who reveals herself as Queen Goblin. Yes, Queen Goblin. This is really interesting because between this and a couple of other things that I've read recently, underscoring the effect that was had on Ben Riley and like mm. the, the chasm that is in his memories. So I read the preview pages for Venom that comes out next week mm-hmm. and he's he's staring at Eddie Brock's face. And he's like, I can't, I, I feel like I know you, but I can't picture I can't it. can't figure out Because he's why. looking at his face and there's a hole in his face. And that's the oh. effect that he has because, because of his missing memories. His memories have been removed. And this is a very similar experience that Norman's going through because his the the guilt or or the effects of his sins have been removed, but he still has the memories. Mm. He still has the the history of all these negative actions, and all of that negativity has been placed into this new player of the Queen Goblin. Queen Goblin, and he doesn't want to have these memories anymore. This voicemail that he leaves to Peter is Chef's kiss. I love it. Like, when were you gonna tell me? That all of my evil had been put into this other person. It's Norman. Okay, call me back. But why does Peter know that? Why would Peter know that? Because he knows what happened with the Beyond Arc and what happened with... So Beyond was in charge of Ben Riley Spider-Man, right? Mm-hmm. They owned the the rights to the name Spider-Man. But they also had a super villain division right. where they were developing bad guys to fight their superheroes. To basically manipulate the entire game, okay. they created Queen Goblin. Oh, I see. Okay. Dr. Kafka, this clone of Dr. Kafka, actually, it gets crazy. Clones on top of clones on top of clones. She was the one that actually uncovered what Beyond had been doing to Ben in in removing his memories and doing this therapy and and essentially ruining his mind and his soul. Well, now we're ruining Norman's mind. With ghosts. And Jack-O-Lantern does even more solitary setup. He's getting ready for something. How was this? I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I thought it was really interesting. I didn't feel too confused or lost for not reading the other issue. I think it's an interesting branch of the dark web story. I'm excited to hear more about uh, Queen Goblin and kind of her role. And I also, I mean, overall, I thought the issue was good. I thought the second half of the issue moved a little bit slower than the first half. But I enjoyed the art. I enjoyed the story. Yeah. It didn't feel like... I felt like I was getting the effects of dark web and seeing how this demons in the city situation was affecting other people without it being redundant. So I was enjoying it. It's not just a a judgment of a character. It is an adventure of a character as they're facing the trials. You know, you just replace marvelous. You replace judgment with demonized things and a lot more can get unpacked. Yeah, you could have a lot more variety in your story. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Cheerful Sai asked 
should the Red Goblin Queen be redeemed and cured from beyond sins? Mm. It's That's a hard question because, I mean, I think so with what she did, with what the clone of Dr. Kafka did in Beyond to stand up for for Ben's rights, mm-hmm. for Ben's personality. And I feel like other people would agree, especially those that are upset with his arc currently. Mm-hmm. They would like to see something positive happen for him. And I think that might extend to Dr. Kafka. Not as much emotional resonance because, you know, people love Ben and Dr. Kafka's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that would be that would be a good arc for her rather than her continue to just be a demon at the end of this sure yeah do we need another queen goblin goblin queen no cool visual design yeah she looks great and you know i'm always here for another demonic goblin where's uh demogoblin yeah (laughs) warlion said i can't believe that a chris cantwell comic about norman osborne of all people gets to be the best dark web series so he's calling this the best dark web series to each their own, Warlion. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed this. I'm not sure if it's my favorite just yet, because I also just really enjoy the antics of Mary Jane and Black Cat. Yeah. But we'll get there soon. We'll get there soon. On to Dark Web Miss Marvel number one. Are you going to do credits for Dark Web Gold Goblin? I don't have them written down, so if you'd like to, you can. Oh, snap. Written by Christopher Cantwell. Artist, Lan Medina. Color artist Antonio Fabella and letterer VCs Josephino. Oh, you mean Josephino? VC Josephino. Oh, you mean Joe? Just VC's our friend Joe? VCs. Okay, Dark Web Miss Marvel number one. Little bitty page turn noise for her. I really like this cover, actually. It's a little want, bit bigger of yeah. page turn noise. I just want to talk about the inventor. Mm. This bird robot character within our first few pages because i saw him not get explained at all and i was like hey uh, i'm not in on this backstory i understand (laughs) what you're trying to seed but it's not fully there who is this thomas edison slash cockatiel clone mashup yeah he's a little confusing so he that's what he is he is the mentality of thomas edison fused with a pet cockatiel <laughs> is now like a robot bird. Okay. I mean, I angry. was just like, that's a villain I don't know because I don't know the Miss Marvel universe, honestly. Uh, yeah. And I just accepted 100%. for what it was. I did not. Well, that's the difference between you and I. I was talking to Warline about this, the lights on the mosque mm. and just how much of a, how outside of Muslim tradition that that was mm. and and really it, it stuck out as something that was not culturally appropriate yeah to have anything other than the practice of the muslim religion represented on the holy mosque yeah i do th- i did think that was kind of odd i mean to say that everyone's gonna just join in and, and celebrate christmas because we're trying to be like have some sense of unity or togetherness like what i just thought that was odd and kind of unnecessary in the grand scheme of things, like we don't need to tie the book to Christmas. It's already tied to the other books because of Dark Web. So right. yeah. that is a bit disappointing. Well, and then also later on, we get demonized everything, including the mosque, which mm-hmm. is another problematic point about this book. But, you know, I enjoyed the content to an extent because I do like Miss Marvel as a character. And I think yeah. that 
it's set up some like interesting the character things. moments were really good yeah yeah her conversations with other characters and mm-hmm. just getting to know her in the comic more yeah but it stuck out initially and then to have that context conversation later on was right illuminating kamala's got an internship at oscorp and we actually go there and see her doing stuff yeah we see her working she's got a lab partner there's maybe some romance some romance some dating woes of like, and then tell me when this microscope comes to life that you do not see the scientist doctor from nightmare before christmas oh yeah yeah that is him right there yeah there he is no no i definitely see it i didn't have to look at it percent you said it no, we just watched nightmare Where's before Sally? christmas and yeah right <laughs> Sally. everything becomes a demon Everything becomes a demon. Kamala confuses herself again, whether she's Kamala or Ms. Marvel. Yeah. I don't work here. Multiple identities are hard. Who is this evil Spider-Man? I recognize doppelgangers of friends and allies. You definitely look like you're pulling some bad guy vibes. We definitely have one of those moments where we're like, for real? Like, you don't know that Kamala is Miss Marvel at this point. How do you like, not? y'all are together, and then all of a sudden, Miss Marvel is there and Kamala they, is gone. They look so they're similar. Exactly like, they're exactly the same. Just the little eye thing. Yeah. This is a this is a silly little moment. We let it go because comics, you know? Yes. But in the end, Kamala is. Fighting toilets. Fighting toilets, <laughs> but then pulled in to limbo. Yes. That's the big. The big reveal at the end of this. We we hold on the cockatiel fight until later on as Ben sends Miss Marvel to Limbo, hanging outside the floating dungeons. This is not good at all. It, it just feels like, and someone commented about this later on, but it just feels like they're pulling Secret Wars style into Limbo. Mm. Okay, Miss Marvel's going to be here. Two other people that we're about to find out are going to be here. You know, like, Taking the battle to Limbo. Right. I'm I'm into that. One character or group at a time. Right. Any questions, thoughts, excitements? Um, no, I mean I I enjoyed it. I thought, you know, knowing that Kamala is now in limbo, just kind of seeing her interaction and how it all ties in, how she ties into our Oscorp and that stuff was was interesting. I didn't dislike the issue. It was just, you know Yeah. It was a good issue to read. Yeah. Moving on from it. I like the art. I liked the art and color combination. Mm. Yeah. The art was great. So just a few little credits on this book. Written by Sabir Prezada. Artist Francesco Mortarino. Color artist Proto Bunkers Dano Sanchez Almara. Letters VCs. Ariana Maher. Oh, is that Ariana Maher? VC's Ariana Maher. Oh, Ariana. Time to move on to Mary Jane and Black Cat number one. Page turn noise looking fly on this cover. Yeah. Okay. As we get Black Cat. Loving it. Swinging through the city. She's great. Yeah. I... I don't remember who the artist is on this, but oh, I, I really so do many good shots. like the detail. And it, it mm-hmm. almost it feels reminiscent of uh, the guy that would occasionally do X-Men, mm. like opposite Pepe. Oh, yeah. Okay. I think it's great. I love the art. I love the 
dynamic poses of Black Cat. Like I love her just like this one swinging where she's sort of city. swinging through. Like I like seeing her version of flying through the city. I like the, just the body positions and the action. The demon newspapers. Yes, of what she, of what she's got going on. And then, so she's like, listen, I love Peter. Peter loves MJ, so I should go make sure MJ is okay. Because she doesn't have... Cut to MJ. Oh, excuse me. Superpowers? Yeah, what is this about? We don't know. Okay. First time. First time we saw it. She's okay. got some kind of device on her hands that seems to be able to spin a lucky... You know, spin a slot machine. Okay, so there's a device involved. You know, her her name is Jackpot. Face it, Tiger. You just hit the jackpot as she's twirling for lucky powers okay so every time she twirls her thing she gets a different power but Some of them she are never really cool. knows what it's gonna be so that's interesting the uh the one shot of her with the fire wings and the sword mm. that was really cool yes yes she black but, cat taps into iron man and but Felicia is so confused yes as she should be and and Mary Jane is not giving us details like obviously we're going to figure this out as we go through because this is not something that has otherwise been mentioned or talked about to my knowledge. She doesn't want to talk about it. It's funny because I did just open a spinneret action figure, which is Mary Jane with powers. But mm. but these two, they're, they're going on their little adventure together. And what happens but, oh no, the portal goes both ways. Right. As we're trying to not talk about the Peter Parker drama between us. Right. Because something happened between Peter and MJ. We don't know what. Nobody knows. The tease has been teased. We will find out in a couple of months oh. about what happened six months ago in their continuity that okay. divided them. And maybe one of Mary Jane's luck powers was that she can have a fully formed child or two. Right, geez, six months ago, now she's got kids and a husband? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Okay, well... As we jump into Limbo. Like, yeah, let's fight it out in Limbo. And become Pudding Lady. MJ will become this blobby, goopy monster. And I took that as the bad luck of Limbo, like the, mm. the demon influence of Limbo now affecting her luck powers. Negatively, but that's not the power that we're here for. Yeah. Because while Pudding Woman is charming is a charming bonus it's a thief i require who Belasco. that was the reveal i literally typed the text to justin in all caps as i was reading this Belasco. yes i'm so excited yeah because i have been uh getting myself ready for something else that will happen eventually and listening to uh some of our old episodes, I revisited our Road to Inferno episodes, so I got some Belasco, Belasco in my life, yeah. and uh, <laughs> there he is. And tell me how much I love Doom, waking up with his alarm clock. Yeah, this little anthology story, this little short, hey, yeah, here's a tale from the Black Cat as she steals the Mask of Doom and tries to use it in this poker game as a wager, and <laughs> apparently it says Made in China on it. They yes. have knockoff doom masks. This is a this was a bit of a confusing moment for me because I just carried on reading and didn't notice the to be continued on the bottom, and oh. I was like, "Oh, is he trying to steal?" Well, and and then also whenever they give you credits mid story, yeah, I didn't see the credits really. Oh, well, like I was like, "Oh, 
she's just calling a black cat. You know, whatever. I I was, but I was reading. Yeah. What, but what, either way, still fun. What did you think of this issue as a whole? It sounds like you loved it. I did. I really loved it. I, I like the character of Black Cat. I feel like she's, she has like a similar quippy nature to her, like Peter. I like getting to know her right off the bat through like all of this being told through her inner monologue. I think the dynamic of her and Mary Jane is fun. And she's a character that I don't know a lot about Black Cat. So um, I've only like really seen her. I've never really read anything with her in it. So I enjoyed that. I think this spin of this little power thing that Mary Jane's got going on is interesting. And I'm excited to see them together in limbo and just kind of see what it is. Like for me, the the reveal of Belasco being involved in this whole story was really exciting because as limbo goes, right? Like when we generally come back to stories in limbo, it's usually a battle between Ileana and someone in limbo, Belasco, Sim, whatever. Everyone's fighting for control of limbo. So it's cool to see that now that Maddie and Ben are doing this thing that maybe Belasco's like, okay, but I'm still upset and I'm still here. Still and I would a, still like Limbo back. Still making a grab for power. Yeah. So just that added element in the story. It's yeah. like a wrench in Maddie's plan it, it and definitely, Ben's plan. It definitely ties it further to uh, Inferno. Yes. And I think that's cool. I thought this was fun. I only know Black Cat from primarily the cartoon, the mm-hmm. animated series of Spider-Man and some classic Spider-Man issues. And then I read the first team up between the two of them mm. back in the Beyond arc. But no, this is fun. Yeah, I had a good time reading it. Did you do the credits? Oh, I did not. Let me do that. This wonderful book was written by Jed McKay. Art by Vincenzo Caratu. Color artist, Brian Reber. And letters... VCs Ariana Maher. Uh, you mean Ariana? VCs Ariana Maher. Vincenzo actually just signed an exclusive Marvel contract. Oh, cool. Comic Extracts thought that MJ and Black Hat was a delightful exploration of their new status quo which with each other. And wonders, is MJ a mutant? Mm. And I don't think so because, you know, that is so hot right now as Black Hat tells us. But there is a device on her hand that we see on the cover and this added thing. So I don't know where she got this. Yeah, but I don't think they explicitly said it was a device in the book, did they? You don't need to. The visual signifiers are there. Yeah, but what I'm saying is you saw that, but I didn't notice it. So maybe like I didn't know it was a device. So maybe other people didn't catch that it was a device. I'm not saying that they did or they didn't. I'm just saying... To the question of, is she a mutant? I don't think so. I right. think it's controlled by this device. Even even having Felicia ask about her mutant mm-hmm. status kind of points to that and then dismisses it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that would be a much bigger retcon to be like, oh yeah, MJ's been a mutant this whole time. Or this is a clone version of MJ Yeah, that, that would mutant. be too much for my brain to handle. Yeah. Warlion saying that Jed McKay making fun of the current status quo that regressed all of what he did with Felicia was really good, which I don't know a lot of that backstory. You know, Cat has had some other stories in between beyond and now. Mm-hmm. So I'm not caught up on her development as a character, but I'm here for it. 
always love when they point out the inconsistencies. Mm-hmm. And seeing this Paul dude and his kids make me want to vomit. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I am curious as to what's going on with all of them. And and Cheerful Psy said that Black Cat and MJ make a great team, but how long will that last after Dark Web? Mm. It is a mini. So I think this ends... I think we have one issue of just the two of them after Dark Web ends. Just to probably wrap it up. Issue five. Yeah, wrap it up and really get to the Peter of it all because... Oh, the Peter of it all. The couple of issues of Amazing Spider-Man on the other side of Dark Web feature Black Cat. Oh. Interesting ties. Woohoo. Okay, let's get digging in with the X-Men annual number one. Cyclops and Firestar blasting it out on this cover. Are you ready? This cover that is a classic homage with a twist. You know, it makes me think it's a little intentional, but a little unintentional. The Dark Phoenix cover of the final issue with Gene and Scott, you know, blasting off into the distance. Oh, interesting. But let's talk about that annual. Here we go. Page turn noise. Starting straight away with Firestar just getting punched in the face. Getting jumped, Avenger. (laughs) Calling it out like it's a slur. And and to really contextualize that throughout the whole issue, whose side are you on, Angelica? I honestly, this might sound crazy, but that's honestly what made me not like the issue that much. Really? Because... I understand the point of wanting to follow Firestar as she figures out like where she belongs. But I personally feel like, granted, I was one of the people who was like, why the heck is Firestar here? She hasn't even been on Krakoa. Why is she on the X-Men? But like, I felt like it was an unnecessary, it was just like an attack on her. This whole book was just like. I mean, it was, but also it was a, a way to work through Basically, the Hellions are X-Men fans. Like, hey, right, right. why is this non-mutant-aligned mutant joining the premier X-Men team? And it's like, well, at the end, you know, it's because I want to work towards being more incorporated. And, and we even get this, like, history of Firestar and her mutant-related affiliates. And, and the fact that, especially with the Hellions in particular, she has not uh, reconciled any of their split differences Mm -hmm. from her initial appearances so she was recruited by emma like this is the team that she was associated with when butter rum was gotcha a flame i think i just would have liked to see her work things out a little bit more internally than have it be such an external like you suck firestar why are you here i don't i don't know it just like it rubbed me the wrong way that's just my personal opinion i liked the book and i liked the story and i liked the team building things but dare i say i felt bad for firestar i think that was the point yeah as her amazing friend comes in that this x-men 101 line is so brilliant iceman like oh are we are we beating up some hellions because i got my ice arms jacked up that's the kind of x-men 101 i've been missing there's the note that firestar looks sad Mm. There's a sadness because everybody's like, hey, why are you on the team? Even she was like, why am I on the team? Mm -hmm. It's a title page. Surviving the experience. Radiant. 
<clears throat> written by Steve Fox, art by Andrea DeVito, colors by Sebastian Chang, letters Clayton Coles. VCs Clayton Coles. That cover Stefano Caselli and Federico Blee. On to the X-Men briefing. I loved this. I loved yeah. this as a device to explore the amount of things that the X-Men could be up to that we don't see right. in the Like on any actual given day, title. they're doing three or four different missions. Yeah, this felt, you know, even to Iceman's line, this felt like classic X-Men mm -hmm. where they're just going around the world, saving people, doing things that they need to do. As we get this, uh, the fire and ice Spider-Man call out. I love it. You know, we're going to make as many amazing friends references as we can to make sure we got it and then we can move on from there. Mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're splitting the team into different assignments, but Scott's going to go with Firestar, I think, not Gene and Scott together. Yeah, we, right. And I like Firestar's point that brings this up. Like we should be saving people. This is a PR slam dunk mm -hmm. to go to this hospital. But also this is as personal as it gets for someone who had cancer. Right. So they're going to a hospital to help cancer patients right. and access to Krakoan medicine. This is a mission that feels rooted in her soul. Yeah. And Cyclops' coach moment, the to see person on your team take initiative and want to follow that and to want mm -hmm. to be like this. This was a really interesting Cyclops couple of pages, not only for him as a leader, but he and Jean's relationship here as they're like, oh, come on, you know, you don't like it. <laughs> you're, no, I, you're I, indifferent. I, just the smile on Jean's face, the snuggling up as they're talking about, you know, it's kind of mixing a little business and pleasure. What, what are we talking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I, that seems pretty par for the course in my mind as far as oh, really? this Jean did... and Cyclops are concerned. Like, we'll just take a little moment and snugs over here and be like, okay, go do a good job, sweetie. Yeah. Other than the Hellfire Gala issue, I haven't really seen much of them relating as a couple. Mm. I thought that this was nice. It is nice. As our hospital team goes off and enters with a rainy arrival. And uh, it's not, things are not as they seem. Because it's not that the shipment didn't arrive. The shipment did arrive. However, someone came in and stole it all. Yeah. This relatively unwelcoming reception at the hospital has the people are like, they don't even need healthcare anymore. Why, why did you bring an Avenger with you? <laughs> Again, to underscore this like... Even the common people don't recognize you as a mutant. Mm. But yeah, our stolen drugs jumped. An employee stole his keys and taken all the drugs. The distinction of the black market resellers to countries that don't recognize Krakoa. Yes. Who runs the black side and the Hellfire Trading Company now? I, I wrote that as a question that I wanted to look up, but then I never did. I thought it... Shaw was still doing that. No, it's uh, what's her name? Lords? Yeah, Lords. I thought Lords took over Emma's seat. No, no the, cuckoos the Cuckoos took did. over Emma's seat. Lords took over Shaw's seat. Yeah. Yes, you're correct. We get a little glimpse into Firestar's history, talking about beating cancer from her own powers, no immunity to it. That is really interesting to me. Yeah, and that's part of her history, too. And I feel like that's what this issue did a really great job at, these little moments, right? So you had some of the moments with the Hellions, in the flashback color, great distinguisher from the mm -hmm. art team, the, the colorist especially, showing us this, this sepia yeah. flashback. And, and 
and really understanding like the root of her powers being radiation and this idea that she never became fully immune to her own powers, which is sort of a mutation within a mutation, right? Yeah. Like she's one of the only mutants who has that problem and knowing that she overcame that and like gives you another understanding of why she might have Resent. different feelings yeah. about being a mutant because right. it's really put her through a completely different experience than other people. Right. And and to not necessarily have that pride in her mutant powers. Mm-hmm. And then an interesting conversation, you know, with Cyclops about in resurrection, like why haven't you had your your vision changed? The and, question that we've all been asking for, you know, like right. what? why not the laser eye surgery, Cyclops? Why right. not the correction of which this is now the second time in a couple weeks where we've referenced the rock that affected his ability Mm. to control his powers yeah or at least that's the the canon right and then you know i think her conversation too of you know why haven't you done it and she's like well i haven't um died yet so right i haven't really had the opportunity to i mean i think it's interesting, right, when you think about that, like, yes, the fact that she has these things that help her overcome the fact that she's not completely immune to her power, like something within her suit or whatever the case may be. But I don't know that it would be a bad thing for her to alter that within herself. You know, there's questions when it's like, oh, if someone's going to alter themselves through resurrection, is that going to diminish them? diminish their character or is you know that just purely cosmetic or whatever the case would be but i feel like this would be an instance where i would be okay with it because she went through the struggle that got her to the character building moment you know yeah for firestar i think it makes complete sense this is definitely something that she's been struggling with Mm -hmm. as a a challenge that's affecting her health as a person for cyclops i think it's an interesting contrast because his whole deal has always been about control and the fear of what happens if he lets loose and and people were to die because of his optic blasts. So he has been spending his entire life on mastering that control, on being responsible for and in charge of his powers. So that's got to be something that means a lot to him as a person. That might be why he doesn't want to affect it. That's true. Really interesting data page as we get a Jumbo Carnation fitting transcript. Jumbo designs all of the uniforms as well as the gala outfits. You know, he's got a lot on his plate. Yeah. I like that he works with people on the functionality and the design. You know, mm-hmm. it's got to do these things. Yeah, it's good. As we get some wind damage. I don't know if I knew that Whirlwind was a mutant. I know who Whirlwind is, but I don't think I ever connected those things. Well, now you know. And I think it's really interesting to have him as a character who more associated with the Avengers and Marvel Universe as a whole rather than the mutant side of things Mm -hmm. in contrast to Firestar herself. Yes. And we get, you know, cut to our team bopping around doing the things. The Harrower. How did you like seeing Harrower here? She's relevant again. They're trying to make her happen. She's around. Yeah. They're they're loosely tying Deadpool further into the Krakoan universe. It's happening. I do like how much of Sync that we're seeing in his casual uses of everyone's powers to just, you know, all right, I'm going to double up on Jean Grey. All right, I'm going to double up on Havoc. Mm -hmm. All right, I'm later going to double up on someone new, Mm -hmm. which I thought was great. 
coming in through this magic portal. I love so we're in Krakoa. We have the ability to transport everywhere, but only if there's gates. Mm-hmm. Now we have magic doing. We can go wherever we yeah, want. Yeah, right. We have essentially the the teleporter, but also an offensive attacker in great yeah. ways. Yeah, we, you know, I love me some magic. By beast jokes oh. around. Yeah, we got to meet up at the bar later. Jean's got the next mission though. Cut back to Firestar and her battle. Going through a whirlwind, getting even some more new warriors history and uh, our, our lesson and the threats that affected them there. As we learn about whirlwind and his history. This is an example of a data page I'd like to see more of. Oh, Both really? of them, actually. I thought that this was a really interesting, like, hey, here's a here's a type of record that we keep on specific people, threats that are outside of the, the herd. You know, we, we have enough wolves in the herd already. Leave him to be an Avengers problem. Yeah. This is like a, it's like a trading card. It's like, here's some information exactly. on this character. I just felt like that was a really, you know, it, it doesn't add a whole lot to the story, more to the context of this character. Right, right. It helps you understand what it is you're reading. Yeah. Dinosaurs in the city? Brooklyn dinosaurs. Brainchild's declaration. Savage land outposts for everyone. Ha ha ha. Hold on, Sink. Let me just borrow Spider-Man's powers real quick. Right. Do you see this spider sense? Spidey sense on yeah. his head. And venom blasts out his hands. I love Forge. <laughs> what, what, where did that come from? Yeah. Excuse me? And also, hey, sorry, I didn't ask before I used your power, Spider-Man. It's all right. He's the not-so-annoying Spider-Man, <laughs> and he's going to come over and hang out at the treehouse later. Is this Miles? Yeah. Okay. The not Venom-annoying so Spider-Man. Yeah. The Venom Blasts are what made Miles Morales Spider-Man, the video game, so much easier. And I remember from the Into the Spider-Verse that Miles has electric yep. powers. And the ability to go invisible. Yes. Which also added to the complete ease of that game compared to the first one. <laughs> it's like, oh, wow, you took all the Spider-Man skills and added new ones. Cyclops is joining in on the fight now. Yeah, as he talks to Gene about the hospital problems, he made the right choice for him as he's having responsible dad fun. You know, mm-hmm. like he's seeing his, his kid or his teammate that he's coaching learn a lesson yes and he's he's just like off to the side arms folded just tilted head smile but he's not getting to fight zombie x babies i mean that is probably one of my favorite pages (laughs) it's so great this is amazing i love it mojo listen this was a bad idea please help me (laughs) yeah they're attacking gene telling scott listen we're wrapping up here we'll come to you soon but also Cyclops with the assist on Whirlwind to just mm-hmm. shoot out the... No, hey, take this down, Angelica. Yeah. Dropping bombs. Firestar has had enough. As Whirlwind also reveals his truth bombs and regular bombs. <laughs> just the the statement about what's going to happen to Krakoa. Like, why would I come to Krakoa? Like, you're going to get destroyed eventually. Yeah, someone's going to come for you and blow you all up. The progenitor just did it like, <laughs> a I'm couple months ago. I'm not interested in being a part of that. And, you know, what a example of him being the worst as he <laughs> bombs a hospital because... The person that hired him for the kill contract underpaid him. Yeah. So you underpaid me. So instead, I'm going to punish all of these people who we already stole from. Yeah. Great, great highlight shots of Whirlwind 
as we like cut into his devious smile mm. and just his his grin as he's revealing his terrible terrible nature Firestar, she's going to make it. She's going to make it to the bomb before the rest of the team gets there because the rest of the team is not going to make it in time. Yeah. Even just her flight through the corridors. I just really think that this is solid art. For sure. Listen, I feel bad for Havoc. Could he please have some other character element other than just being sad? (laughs) What do you mean? He's always just like, oh, man. Annoyed. I'm sad. I'm Havoc. He's the little brother. You know, but like that, that's his character. Bro- listen, my little brother is not like that. There's other ways to be a little brother. And like, he just needs something else. Like, he needs something else. Yeah. I feel most bad for Havoc. <laughs> well, now that you finally recognize that he's on the team. Right. So now that I can remember he's around. Then we get this. Oh, the family bonding activity. Oh, my God. Let's I go fight these Sentinels. This is, this is just, again, an underscore of classic X-Men. Just the fact that these guys found these old Sentinel parts or whatever and are just building terrible versions of Sentinels. Like, they're just, like, trying anything they can. And the X-Men are like, no, you fools. Sentinels are garbage. But this is fun for us. Let's go take down some Sentinels. The details on this guy... The M with the cross through it on mm-hmm. his emblem, his tattoo that says human power with an electric bolt. Yes, but I love this team shot. Yeah, well, and then sink, sinking Firestar as well. Mm-hmm. As we head to the Green Lagoon for celebrations. I love the detail of Mojo being stuck on that roster. <laughs> He's just always in. Those were where the original X-Babies came from. Yeah. Right? That era of X-Men is where he'll be stuck forever as the fight almost continues blob telling them to take it to the crucible (laughs) get out of here don't destroy my bar i love that that's blob just repeatedly saying you know he's the keeper of the bar he's the manager of the green lagoon yeah other bartenders are there forearm and all they're all there but blob's responsible as firestar stands up for herself and says you know i'm gonna work through it i'm gonna do all these things I'm an X-Man now. I'm an X-Man. Cheers to that. Havoc is happy. Yay. He's no longer sad. He's drinking. <laughs> Wounded wolves. Ooh. Sabretooth with Wolverine claws on the cover of the next issue. Dun, Come on. Dun, dun. You know that's going to be a follow-up with Alpha Wolverine. Yes. What would you think? Big picture. I, re- I'm, I mean, I really enjoyed this issue. I thought it was very fun. I just, I understood that we needed to have a moment for Firestar to find herself on the team. I just thought we could have done with maybe one or two less Ilya and Avenger quips. Like yeah. it, it's not to say that being like, I don't know, being an Avenger isn't the worst thing. Well, I mean, she even says it at the beginning. It's like Havoc was an Avenger, a co-leader right. of the unity squad. Right. Beast has been an Avenger. Wolverine has been an Avenger. Right. Storm has been an like. The, you have uh, ha, uh, Sunspot, Cannonball. Like these, how many of the roster have also been an Avenger? But I think it's the fact that they have shared their time across mm-hmm. those teams, while her history is primarily on teams without an X affiliation. Gotcha. Yeah. And to say that that was the overall thesis statement of the issue, you know, you gotta say that statement hard and big at the beginning and then show how you're working through that throughout the argument. Right. This was really a Firestar reckoning issue, Mm -hmm. which I really loved. I thought it was fun. 
I thought the art was great. Mm-hmm. I thought that there was so much variety and action and, you know, to have so much for these, I'd say two characters, right? Firestar and Cyclops in my mind also had some good character moments. It was primarily Firestar, but it was also the underscoring responsibility that Cyclops has for this team, for these people, mm-hmm. even just keeping things going and, and on point for the meeting. Yep. And then also just the variety of mission and, and just action shots, like those one pagers. Mm-hmm. Those were great. Yeah, I agree with that. The art was fantastic. P-Stamp never thought that he'd like Firestar, but after this issue, I'm a fan with a fire emoji afterwards. Let's go. See, that's good. Yeah. That's, I, I guess, what the issue was intending. Right? I 100% agree that this was meant to be like, hey, that was Firestar. This is Firestar. Yeah. I mean, I think it definitely did that for me. I think the fact that, I think over the first few issues of the regular X-Men run, I feel like Firestar has been proving herself as a team member and i think for me what happened was i got to this point and i was like okay y'all like but she's been being an x-man we so already like, did this we yeah and so like i guess i understand it but jerry has already started to shift firestar in my mind so the fact that i was on her side from the beginning of this book being this like, felt redundant. right but that but then also it, it's like you know that means that they're doing a good job overall of of making me want to be on Firestar's side. Yeah, and it's interesting to think that other characters have gotten their issue, right? Bobby had his Mm -hmm. issue early on in the run. Magic had more of a featured issue shortly after. Forge has had his arc and story. Is this Firestar's story for this year of Mm X-Men? I think so. Yeah. You know, we have the who is Firestar throughout this issue, but Planet X-Men wants to know why is Firestar? Oh, no. (laughs) Why is Gamora? Well, I feel like, right, so the point of Krakoa has been to recognize all the reaches of the Marvel Universe that mutants connect into mm-hmm. and to either bring them in or to leave them out, mm-hmm. right? And to show you where Brand is, to show you what Storm connects to, Gentle, to uh, Firestar, mm-hmm. right? Now, Emma kind of weeding into the Avengers. Where are these different pockets of mutants that are beyond just the big, bold X? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's an interesting conversation to have as a different element of mutant people. For sure. For sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. Warline said that what Angelica had at the end of the annual was a little cringe. And so were her actions with the Hellions. He was not feeling the... The back and forth, which I think you were kind of on the same boat with. Mm. Who do we think has Whirlwind imprisoned, Krakoa or the U.S.? I thought that was interesting. I think the U.S. Well, I guess if you don't want to recognize Krakoa, then we don't want to give you sovereignty. Right. And we don't want him on the island, so why would we put him in the pit? Yeah. I I would say the U.S. I would say the U.S. too, primarily because they don't want to deal with him. Mm Mm-hmm. And he also wants a volume three of Cyclops and not Phoenix by Steve Fox, which I agree. More Steve Fox, please, because this is he keeps on delivering some fun stuff. Yeah, this was great. Curls really liked the annual, called out the haters kindly and said, let her grow. So I think Jerry's been doing that throughout the run. And then Steve just kind of put the exclamation point on it at the end in this issue. Yes. This made Mike Loves Mariah Carey like Firestar. He loved seeing all the villains that they fought. 
That was so cool. Mm -hmm. The zombie X-Babies, what a twist. Mm -hmm. It's been the most Havoc action that we've gotten, not including Dark Web. It's true. How do we feel about Firestar now at the end? Mike can tolerate her, LOL. Team Firestar. (laughs) Team Firestar? I'm not like pushing for her to be the head of the X-Men or anything, but she's... She's here. She's on the team. She's proven herself. Yeah. She, you know, I've got a much broader understanding of who she is and why she might have wanted to take a step away from really tapping into connecting with her mutant self because her mutant self is poisoning her, you know? Yeah. I understand her more. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I have welcomed her on the team. I still, you know, I wanted M. To win, of course, yeah, the vote. But I am happy to have Firestar here, especially with what they're doing. I would like this to be the end of the. You are an Avenger. You are not. Yes, a, you yes. Know, I like think she is. We have underlined that point. Yes, we but don't. Now need let's to... grow from it, yes. which I think would be really interesting to actually add some new things and to see. You know, there is the the plot detail that was teased in the Hellfire Gala of her connection to Iron Man if something goes right sideways. But also Emma connecting to Iron Man as well, I don't think that that's going to play out. Mm. Jerry being the writer of both of those things. Right. He's going to know what He's what playing with that as an idea, right? Yeah. Miss Merlin wants to know, are y'all standing Firestar yet? P.S. Justice for Butterum. I have my Firestar action figure here. I am ready to open. She's ready to come out of the box. I'm not going to say I'm standing her. I'm going to say... I like her. I accept her. I'm not like, oh my god, Firestar, I love you. But she's 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 good. She's groovy. Yeah, I don't dislike Firestar. Right. I think that that's a, a great way. That's to put a it. win. Yeah, I enjoyed this issue too and getting to know her more. Mm-hmm. Cheerful Sai wants to know if we believe that Firestar is a sellout, even though most of the X Men were Avengers in the 80s. No, I don't. That's the thing is I never thought that I never thought of her as a sellout. I was just confused why we were taking a character who hadn't been around at all on Krakoa and who had, from what I had heard from other people, actively been like, nah, I don't want to go to Krakoa. Why we were taking her and putting her on the X-Men as like her first jump into Krakoa. But I never thought of her as like a sellout for being an Avenger because so many of the X-Men have been Avengers and there's always crossovers between teams and... That's that's what comics are. Yeah. Is Wolverine a sellout for being on the Avengers and the Fantastic Four at right. occasional? Fantastic Four, Jiminy Crickets. But I think that it's an interesting point because sure. it acknowledges her history mm-hmm. because she has not otherwise been really associated with them. And Galetta Grafico says fire and ice are great. Mm-hmm. I love their duo. I love the yeah. care that Iceman brings to her friend and, and to recognize that she's feeling this lack of connectivity. Like right. that was always her way in, her anchor into this team. Yes, I like their dynamic a lot. It's good to see a friendship, you know, a friendship that feels like it's an old friendship that lasts, has lasted a long time. What's next? Wolverine, number 28. Wolverine. Into the pit of Krakoa. Into Krikoa. the pit. Like this was... Kind of a spoiler on the yeah, cover. Yeah, right. You really came out and then exclaimed it on the front. This but... is what's going to happen on the last page. But at least you know, you know, this This speaks to your desire to have the cover be relevant to the issue. Yeah, but like the, the image was enough. We didn't need the actual words to tell you what's going to happen in the issue. I would agree with that. But I do like this cover. I do like the 
the fear and desperation in his eyes. Yes, I do too. Are you ready? Mm. Page turn noise. Wolverine bad mm. in the dark. Love it. I just this was this was deep. This was fantastic. Yeah, and that's why I think this was the best mm -hmm. because of just the conversation that he's having with himself and to know who this person is and isn't like this is wolverine devoid of his soul his right. humanity but i like that his it's like his healing factor the repetition of the things is starting to he's starting to put stuff together and that is interesting to me yeah because i think this this is the first time that we're asking this question what happens with a mutant that gets resurrected without mm -hmm. their mind, without their history, like how does that impact them as a person, as a as a player in Krakoa? And I think just seeing like the stages of what Beast is asking him to do, and I I really enjoy the art in this issue a lot. And you know, seeing him being fed, and then seeing him come back from being on a mission and just go completely primal and like tear his costume off and stab himself yeah and then go, bad. go back to sleep like just this cycle that he's going through is really interesting to get and and you we know we've been waiting for this we want to see this side of what's been going on since right. beast has had him held captive yeah to see this exploration of this but and, and this de-evolution of him just going in all of this madness in the pit, in the darkness, and what's happening as he's just losing himself even further. Mm -hmm. This is insane. Like Beast coming in, the the lack of humanity that Beast has for his teammate, the distance that he seemingly feels from Wolverine being a person versus being one of his experiments, being one of his captives on the space Right, prison. he has no... I don't know. Like it's like Beast has lost his humanity completely. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. And and you know, I think some of that is a little bit of the influence of well, we can just make another one. Like we don't have to. But then think about when does Wolverine get backed up? You know, right. does does this affect his backups in any way? It's just it's absolutely horrible, and it's really taking Beast to just another level of darkness. Yeah, I almost feel like this is one of if not the worst things that he's done to to do this to his own teammate right. versus to do this for to a, the threat for a prolonged period of time like the expansive amount of torture this is essentially torture right oh, yeah, of, yeah. like captivity 100%. and torture that beast is doing to all kinds of creatures right the whole prison all those people that he was experimenting on and then dropping out into space and then now what he's doing here to Beast is like, really, what else is he up to? Because you can't really, you can't put anything past him at this point. No, he'll do anything. Title page, we're here. The Beast, there is. The Beast Agenda, Savage. Written by Benjamin Percy. Art by Juan Jose Reap. Colors by Frank Diamarta. Letters, Corey Petit. Oh, VCs, Corey Petit. That cover, Lionel Francis Yu and Romulo Fajardo Jr. Beautiful. So we're on a mission. Outside DC. This guy, he's advocating for military action to seize the resurrection protocols, which I thought was kind of intense. Mm -hmm. Right? So, you know, who is in the right and who is in the wrong? And I think that this is the 
the gray area that is X-Force, the CIA of a nation. Like if you're if you're threatening, if you are a government official that are say that's saying we're going to go into this foreign country and we're going to seize their technology. Then you prepare for the threat. You don't go murder the guy whose yeah, idea yeah. it is. Or, or you handle this diplomatically. Like right. You bring this up to the UN or, you know, you have a conversation that isn't just you send in your murder guy, especially your personal servant murder guy. Right. And you have to be like, Beast, what do you think? What do you think is going to happen? You think a guy who you are just saying, I'm going to explain all this to you, but you can't understand what I'm saying. You gave him the scent. He's going to go kill. Like, don't give him the scent until you turn the security system off. Then you just got mad at a dog. Yeah. Which I know it's it hurts to say, but essentially that's what we're talking about. Right. So basically, Beast wants Wolverine to take this guy out, but he wants to wait so he can turn off the security. However, Wolverine just goes Too ham excited. and he just goes and he's just killing a bunch of peeps. He's just eager. And, oh, this, this, you're stupid. The guy puts his ear up to the door and Wolverine just claws through the door. Yeah. Boom, you're dead. Well, especially if you think of what he was saying at the beginning, like killing is good. Killing makes him feel good because he's good at killing. Mm-hmm. So he's got the opportunity to prove his worth his value. Right. The he thing thinks that he, this is what makes him. Beast even says when he's taking him out of the cave, like, come on, it's time to be go. Good boy. Like, right. right. He thinks he's doing the right thing here. This is what this is what you get praise for. This data page this is how you get a treat. Yeah. This data page has to be where we uncover. Right. This has to be hope. Hope, you're on the council. Like, come on, Hope. This is not classified information. I feel like Hope should have done something by now. Already. Yeah, I'd agree that this is not something that you're just like, yeah, Beast is doing whatever he wants because he's above the government. Like, the straight up saying, no, 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 this is an experiment. Like, did you have a conversation with Wolverine about this? If Beast wants to be so secretive about it, no one else on X-Force knows about this? Yeah. No one on X-Force knows about this. No one in Scott and Jean know about this. No one on the council knows about this. Hope is the center point of all of that. And I feel right. like there's got to be something that She's comes gonna, up. She better say something soon because it's kind of disappointing to me to know that she knows this and she hasn't done anything Well, I feel yet. like to, to put this as the point on it means that she's going to. You right, know? right. Oh, Beast. He's yeah. so mad. Beast he's mad. just going to electroshock the crap out of Wolverine. Yeah, this... Cohen torture collar that's been keeping him under control. You just stay here and get electrocuted because I'm mad at you and I've got to go. I got to go deal with Sage's misguided ethics. And Krakoa has had enough. Krakoa knows what's going on. Yeah. Which Krakoa is not okay with yeah, this. Yeah, Krakoa is part of this pit. Which I love. Yeah, I thought this I was love. a really cool added depth to what's going on here. I love that Krakoa lets him listen in. He's trying to give him some more information. Hey, here's what Beast and Sage are talking about. But then it's you question how much does Wolverine have the ability to do anything with right, this? Right, or comprehend. Right. Like, what is his level of English comprehension at this but point? But maybe that's what Krakoa is trying to experiment with. Like, hey, sure. if I show you this, does it do anything? Okay, not really. So what's the next phase of what I can do? Bring you into the pit. <laughs> and... Sage, you know, for Sage to be like, okay, what's going on with Wolverine? Yeah, where is he? And <laughs> and the rationale, honestly, that Beast brings up in in the next data page, even of what it is that 
happens and how it could look like Wolverine is the one is like I thought that was good. Yeah. The the danger bots. Yeah. Yeah. No, I thought that was a great way out. But Sage's concern about just where are you keeping him? Right. Like where is he? What happened in X Force versus here? Like the, what happened in X Force with them finding the prison has to have happened after this moment right, right here. Right. I right? feel and I feel like that's what's building even more suspicion to make what happened in X Force happen. But then by the end of this how are we even going to find him? Like, is Doug going to be able to find him in the pit? Right, who knows? Because Wolverine, he wants out. He's had enough. He's trying to get through. And Krakoa is like, here, my friend. Here's a hole. Let me show you the way. Go play. Come howl at the moon, you crazy dog. Oh, man, look at him just just running through that river. Here, here's a person to save some redemption, but these children will be terrified of you. There is a side-by-side on Reddit of this page, uh, the, ne- the next page of Wolverine being called a monster by the river and these mm-hmm. children, and a page of Omega Red, and very similar things happening with him by a river. Is this... Um, the same kids, too. No, but is this Artie? No, I don't like think so. Like Artie and Leech? I don't think so. I don't have the page in front of me. But... Uh, no. The bulby. Yeah. It looks a lot like Artie from Inferno. Uh, I think just because we haven't, I don't think that we've really seen Artie and Leech. And just the fact that. Leech isn't there. Leech isn't there. He's got all these bubble like bumps. And is this one of Beak's children? (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Looks kind of like it. Oh, interesting. Alicia's looking at the Omega Red page from X-Force. And just the parallels to mm-hmm. being seen called a monster by these same children. Yes. He is a monster. But Wolverine needs to, he wants no bad. He wants to be, he wants us to be over. He like wants this, to be good again. Where is this coming from? Like, like the the evil inside him that he's trying to cut out with his claws. Like where, what is that? Well, I think it's like deep down somewhere in his being is his true sense of self and whether or not he is the Logan that we know or just a different version without that consciousness being in him, he knows that he's been being manipulated and the more it happens and the more that Beast treats him the way that he does, the more he realizes this is not what he wants. He doesn't want to be a killer. He doesn't want to keep doing that. And I'm really interested to see, like, if this sort of consumption of Wolverine by Krakoa, if that's going to somehow give him the ability to be reborn. Like, is he going to tap, yeah. pop him into an egg and, like, rebirth him? I'm or, like, so how is that going to, like, what's going to happen here? And, you know, the whole thing about Krakoa feeding on mutants is that why he's taking Wolverine in right right Krakoa has to feed on mutants the fact that the blood of Wolverine the healing factor of Wolverine landing on the ground and sprouting all this is that why Krakoa is like oh hey I could snack on this but I don't think I don't think of it as a bad thing like I feel like Krakoa is trying to right this wrong in some way yeah I don't know that's I, I three questions feeding off of him, imprisoning him, rescuing him could be any of it. We don't know exactly what. Right. I'm going to vote for rescuing him. Sure. 
But then, you know, we get this, the data page of the congressional record where Beast is essentially saying, listen, y'all, there's an, there's an ex desk and they've been doing shady business and they've been dealing with danger and they've been making, they've been making X-Men robots and it wasn't us. It was one of these X-Men robots. How do you know all that? That's classified information. Don't put that in the public record. Don't I'm be talking beast about that. Because I'm and I do what I want because to get what I want. Because I've been doing worse stuff on my own. Into the pit. I think it's interesting. So... Wolverine is now the only mental influence inside Krakoa since Sabretooth, I'd assume, mm-hmm. because everybody else has been released from the pit, right. to our knowledge. Mm-hmm. And this memory, this experience that we're seeing of the death of Silver Fox, the seeing himself as Sabretooth because he's in the creation of Sabretooth. This mm-hmm. is, he's this in is some cool network. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like, I would love to just see essentially a, a Sabretooth issue you know, Victor Laval's Sabretooth issue with Wolverine battling through, and especially a Wolverine that does not know anything about himself. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that he does recognize Silver Fox, though. Right. Is he being informed by the memories of Sabretooth? Uh, yeah. And then, you know, you get to this last page and it kind of makes me question what I said about Krakoa Bigger, rescuing hungrier. him. hungrier. Yeah, I feel like he's the being, darkness is bigger and hungrier, and so is its master. I feel like he's being fed on. Ugh. Pit of despair is oh, our next man. tease, which has a really interesting cover of all these offshoots of memories and visions of different characters, and I think that we're going to get our Wolverine experience in the pit. What do well, you think? I mean, I loved this issue. I thought the... It was intense. The inner monologue, the cycling through of what was happening for Wolverine was really interesting to me. I like seeing different stages of Beast getting tripped up. I thought the callbacks to what happened with Danger was really cool to see that brought up because I kind of had put that in the back of my mind and then when Beast brought it up, I was like, oh yeah, well, that is a good out for him. That was a good choice. And I think... Seeing Krakoa get involved and seeing Krakoa act as an individual entity and make choices and have authority was really cool. Yeah. You know, like that's something I want to see more of because Krakoa is not just an island. Krakoa is a mutant. And seeing Krakoa have its own agency and and be involved as a key player in these stories is really interesting connect that to last issue of legion of x and right. the severing of krakoa's relationship to warlock and right. now what that means for krakoa as an entity and mm-hmm. to see that potentially threaded through other issues where we're identifying with krakoa's needs mm-hmm. is this relationship still working for the island right now, this is intense. I thought it was so good. I really enjoyed the art. I really like this art style. I really like this narrative for Wolverine. I feel like it's different for him. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is kind of similar in the sense of he doesn't, he's almost regressed back to the point where he doesn't know anything of his past <laughs> and he is completely manipulated as a weapon. Mm-hmm. Like, this is classic Wolverine. Yeah. This is everything that we know. Stuff. Yeah. This is everything that we know about Wolverine, just manipulated for a different means. Michael Fox wants to know if we can hope slash assume that Krakoa has good intentions with putting Wolverine in the pit. And that's the conversation. That's the question. Yeah. Is I mean, it good? I, I would love to hope and assume that. The the term master at the end makes yeah. me question the it. hungry master and just knowing how Krakoa works. Right. And that 
it feeds off of mutant energy and right. to know there's not anyone in the pit for him to feed off of currently right so it was otherwise explained that he is just siphoning a little bit of energy mm-hmm. off of a much larger pool of mutants because there's everybody there right but to see how wolverine's blood was affecting the growth of krakoa yeah that just makes, oh, wow, I could become that much stronger by feeding off this one guy that no one even knows is... Yeah, is missing, really. Right. I just, when Beast gets back to his little... Yeah, what's going to happen there? Oh, right. That's when the story. When he's like, excuse me, I'm here for your next... Excuse me, where the heck is Wolverine? I then he's going to panic. Or when now X-Force has Beast... And they start to wonder and figure out, and then they go to the lair, and then they can't find Wolverine. It could all be lost, essentially. Then Beast could be like, ha-ha, I, w- I didn't have him captive. Y'all are wrong. Yeah, I don't know what happened to Wolverine. We should resurrect him. Maybe yeah. he's dead. And then we have two. We have the one We've that Krakoa is feeding on. on top of Wolverines on top of Wolverines. Oh, man. I mean, that could happen. Mm-hmm. Galetta Grafico says, death to Beast. Yeah, let's go. I'm You're here like, for How that. do we more than death to Beast? Yeah, <laughs> death to Beast, permanent death to Beast. Yeah. Bottom of the resurrection queue for you, sir. Sage is in charge of X-Force now. On to Sabretooth. Sabretooth in the Exiles, number two. You know, I wouldn't... I, I enjoy this issue, but we didn't really affect the order after the Yeah, initial, we didn't change it, yeah. so that's okay. Here we go. They're, they're on a lifeboat mission. Let's get it. I had this first in my notes. <laughs> oh, Captain, my murderous captain. Sabretooth is taking control of this team question mark because it's not really this group of yes. villainous mutants this villainous in a light way you know like <laughs> third eye oya yeah i guess madison jeffries super villainous yeah they were tried and put into the pit for very shady reasons yes yes very shady reasons melter was going through some stuff necra also going through some stuff yeah, you're right. an orphan maker, you know. Villainous wasn't the right word. But. Here we go. Anyway, page turn noise. I love the reactions from everyone. <laughs> yes. Like, ah, no. This, what? Yeah. I'm not sure I'm liking this. As Necra takes on Sabretooth. They did something to you in that lab. Yeah. How come I can fight you? Yeah. What's happening? Nothing's happening to you. You're not fighting back. You're not healing properly. What's going on? Mm-hmm. And, and then this conversation of the seed. Yeah. We are Krakoan refugees, essentially. We're, we're no longer claiming nationality to Krakoa. This not planting Doug's seed when you right. get and not relying on the resurrection protocols. Which is an interesting kind of tie to Wolverine because why is it that Doug wants Sabretooth back? Does Krakoa need him? I mean, you think about the similarities between Wolverine and Sabretooth, the impact that Sabretooth had on Krakoa, mm-hmm. that could tie between those series. Mm-hmm. Right? Sabretooth has a healing factor, right. likely could have had a, a similar impact, and plus how he mentally took over the pit of Krakoa. This right. is a really interesting connection Like, point. is there something about this whole thing with Krakoa that we don't know about, that that's the reason. That's the real reason Xavier put Sabretooth in the pit. It wasn't because of what he actually did was wrong, but that there needed to be this healing factor sacrifice of 
someone to go in and to be feeding Krakoa constantly. So we choose Sabretooth and Krakoa now knows that Sabretooth is missing and needs something else. Or or is the the siphoning of Wolverine to help battle the the phalanx that is within the the techno organicness that is within Krakoa because Warlock brought that in and now because you think about Technogan and that's the entire way that he was surviving was because his healing factor was battling the phalanx there's, influence. There's so many yeah. things. There's so many questions about how these could intersect. But either way, these these guys are not going to plant Doug's little skull seed because they're not interested in being brought back to Krakoa. No, no Koa. Which brings us to our title page, One Way Trip. That's what they're on, Chimera Protocols. Uh-huh. What? Written by Victor Laval, art by Leonard Kirk, colors Rain Barreto, letters Corey Petit again. He sees Corey Petit. That cover, Ryan Stegman, J.P. Meyer, and Frank Martin. Mm-hmm. Quote page, practice two things in your dealings with disease. Either help or do not harm the patient. Thomas Inman. Interesting. Dr. Barrington. Dr. Barrington with a little show and tell as the GC is unimpressed. You don't work for who you think you work for. No, you work you for me. You want to act like you work for Orcus. You work for me. You work I for work the money. I work for Orcus. Right. Now do what I asked you to do. Report back about the coil. Don't t- this wasn't even about the coil. I got other news. I don't care about your other news. I don't care about you and your creation that was also seemingly a success. Mm-hmm. I don't care about your successes unless they're the su- successes that I'm asking for. Yeah, well, so then call us with the results. You know, you've got Orphan Maker tied up here in this chair trying to break into his armor never a good thing apparently not, because don't do it don't you know, do it a thread from hellions that is not yet explored mm-hmm. exciting cut back to our team as we look over the ring of fire and get a little backstory on sinister's orphan maker story mm-hmm. which i i enjoyed yeah. i liked knowing this little tidbit of information this was this was good. They tie into Inferno, Nanny, Orphan Maker, and Sinister in the first couple of issues of X Factor. Wow, I am really getting a lot of good information right now. Yeah, yeah. This is very well timed for where we are. Yes. But the next base in which we need to um, go to happens to be in the middle of a volcano a volcano lair like how evil are these guys so evil this is amazing a volcano Look at this. Lair. i love it seems like also a really like solid contingency plan like if all goes awry just jump out of the base and drop it Cut in a the volcano cords. let's get out of here as our team come in and the strangers are with peter <laughs> like how long have you been awake the whole time. Why didn't you just talk to us? Ah, well, because I'm not supposed to talk to strangers. <laughs> it's just so silly. Yes. I've been awake this whole time. I've been listening to you. And here's the thing. Like, there is a way to get my armor off, but it's only like me. I can do it yeah, if yeah. I want to. And like, I don't want to. And they're like, well, let me convince you to want to. Little character moment for MJ on the next page. Don't as, call me MJ. Don't call him that. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'll ask. What do you mean ask? Don't you control machines? Can't you tell it what to do? I could, but I won't. I'm not that kind of guy. Right. He's communicating. This is not right. just something to control. That's not how he wants to use his powers. As we explore the base further and appeal to Orphan Maker's sensibilities. Well, don't you ever want to take the suit off? Don't you want to do what you want to do and not what Nanny tells you to do? Oh, wow. I never thought about that. That's smart. Look at all these mutants in glass boxes. Right. And they recognize Sabretooth. My people, they love me. <laughs> then we get more exploration into some other terrible things that have happened throughout the history of the pursuit of modern medicine. like The, the, the trials, basically trying to excuse what Dr. Barrington is doing. There's no excuse. To the mutants. I know there's no excuse, <laughs> but it's putting it in context to what has been done historically. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean you repeat it. Doesn't mean you treat people like they're disposable test subjects. Correct. Beast. But I feel like it's a really interesting parallel to see it in our own actual history, it being perpetuated by the human scientists and mm -hmm. also embraced and perpetuated by our mutant scientists. Yes. Because both Beast and Sinister are essentially using yeah. mutants as fodder. Everybody's doing it. So why can't we? Ugh, that no. was basically Beast's argument. It's like, well, the humans are going to do what I'm doing here, so we better get better at doing it than they can. Mm. Two wrongs don't make a right, Beast. What's another cliche? An eye for an eye leaves the whole world blind. Yeah. Watch out because the creation's coming in hot. Yeah. Get out of my way. Busting through. All right. Let's go. Time for a fight. No. Wait. I'm here because I'm trying something to get terrible out. has happened. I made a mistake. We don't know. We don't even know. Is this about to explode? Is this about to... Orphan Maker's mask is slightly removed and a light is emitting from behind some and, some particles some circles and dr barrington is no more because he killed her yeah good later gator she's not dead but i took off my helmet and she was standing right there in front of me if your companion didn't die she has at the very least been exposed to an unimaginable power set so i i'd what imagine could that mean i'd imagine with the amount of work that we've done on dr barrington in the last two issues that she's not dead she can't be dead right she's away. got to be changed in some way mm -hmm. by peter's power which will be an interesting exploration into what that means what right. that does what does that do to her and how is that going to make things worse for orcus's new favorite scientist indeed we're gonna have a big problem and we're not going to deal with it here. We're going to go into the mines. We must go to our favorite place, the astral plane. I thought that was an interesting turn to take things mm -hmm. to next. The dream team. The dream team. Is our tease for next issue, which I love. I That's think it's really interesting clever. how often we're, we're using the astral plane. Like yeah. It's always a place we're going to to seek refuge, which is interesting to me. Well, especially... You think about the conversation that we've been having about Krakoa mm -hmm. and the pit mm -hmm. and how that that is influenced the, the changes going on in the astral plane through Legion of X and this new mysterious player that affected Warlock plus Mother Righteous. Right. You know, what could the astral plane be another story point that's going to affect the larger world of Krakoa? Mm. I feel like 
that's what I was trying to think of while we were talking about the pit is how does that lead into fall of X? Right. How does this astral plane manipulation and change lead into fall of X? What are the other big pieces that are mucking things up? Yeah, it's interesting. What'd you think? I like this issue. I mean, it was not my favorite issue of the week, but as far as Sabretooth and the Exiles go, I am interested in this story. I am interested in the dynamics of this team and kind of seeing where this goes with them being so adamant that they are no longer a part of Krakoa and yet they're still doing adventures that directly influence Krakoa. Like yeah. there are other mutants who are off. Like let's talk about Deadpool, for example. Like he's off doing some crazy things and he's not even Completely necessarily unrelated. connected to Krakoa. But you, you think about Betsy and Rachel in Otherworld mm-hmm. off on their own thing. You think about the Marauders off on their own thing, kind of more connected, but, but you know. this, yeah, this is interesting because these mutants seem to be trying to get themselves away from Krakoa and the dealings of Krakoa. Yet they're, dropped right in the middle of Krakoa's biggest threat, which is Orcus. Yeah, it's in its own little pocket, but ties to the larger narrative. Mm-hmm. Dr. Barrington and the Orcus prisons to really uncover all of the resources that they have and that are using against the mutants. Third Eye getting expanded and built up as his character. So he was introduced in Sabretooth. Mm-hmm. He is Victor Laval and Leonard Kirk's creation to then grow into this great power player. Yeah. That's what I really like about a lot of these minis and or just a writer artist creating a new character, letting them develop a little bit and then just adding them to the sea right. of people because there's so many mutants. Yeah. There could there be so many. there could be so many more. Like we had to kill how many of them on Araco because there were just too many. There were just too many. Yeah, this did a lot of expansion work, detailing a little about a lot of things that were introduced previously, which maybe why is well why it fell first in the wow factor in my mind. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, this was probably my I don't want to say least favorite because I thought they were all really good. Right. But of the three books, I didn't. It just think didn't that... have like a oh my god, but right. it was still a good book. Right, right, right. It didn't have a what. Well, we're speaking of the book, and we had a question from P. Stamp. Where does Sabretooth rank in current books? I'm not reading it, but should I be? And I responded to them because I wasn't sure if they would listen to this because Mm. of spoiling the conversation about it. But I put it high in the middle. Mm. Yeah. It's definitely a fun book, and it's definitely one of the books that ties directly into some of the biggest things that are happening. Right. So, I, I mean, I enjoy it. And yeah. I think it's it's nice when there are books that don't highlight, you know, the, the classic big characters. I mean, Sabretooth is one of those characters, but then... Not in this way, though. Right. You know? And then, like, all the other characters, you know, like, we haven't really gotten much of Nanny and Orphan Maker since Hellions. And right. We've, like you said, we've got new characters, or we've got characters that haven't been in the spotlight. So I think... As far as to a variety of characters and viewpoints, it's got a lot to offer on that on Yeah, that we just have great development for these otherwise offshoot characters mm-hmm. that likely would not have a book if not for this setup that carried out of the Sabretooth mini. So yeah. I'm really enjoying it. I think it definitely adds a great element to the overall Krakoa. And I'm going to be interested in... To see where this series ends and the third one by Victor picks up. Mm-hmm. And where that falls. Is that before the fall of X? Right. 
Jake minus the snake was asking if it's going to come before fall of X, because mm. I don't know, like, is this going to influence that bigger picture story? Some of, I was just flipping through issue one of Sabretooth and the Exiles, the overstory and the understory, mm. right? That was part of a data page in there. The conversation that was started in Sabretooth, the first mini about these forgotten mutants, the, right. the people that are under the radar. That's a big narrative. Right, for sure. And then there's there's one more arc, right? There's the third That's what I'm saying, arc. yeah. yeah. The, the, the third part. Curls wants to know if we have any theories for how the coil is disrupting Creed's healing. Really excited for the Peter plot. Mm. Yes. So I'm definitely interested in seeing what kind of unfolds with this coil because it's the fact that it's working yeah. and the fact of, of what, you know, they were talking about of how it could be implemented to suppress your mutant gene or for like parents to put it in their kids to make sure they don't turn into mutants and all of this. Like if Dr. Barrington gets her hands on this kind of data and this information, that could be really dangerous. So yeah, wondering how they stop that from happening. It seems like she has unlocked where mutant powers are being metabolized in your body, right? Mm -hmm. Like how mutant energy is being produced, which is an interesting contrast to think of to Legion of X and mm -hmm. the Black Knight's power in creating that to, to right. start that for an hour, right? What right. is that part of a mutant's body or a human's body that is the source of power creation mm. or, or X gene presence? Mm. I think that that is a really cool conversation to have across a couple of books to, yeah. to say like, oh no, this this science is being threaded throughout. And how do you then manipulate that in something like a chimera? Right. Right? Because right. that's what our title, the chimera protocols, that's something that we're talking about here. Right. And then for the, the Peter story, just what is his power? Like what is inside that suit? Yeah. I, I feel that curls. Like I want to know. Yeah. Cause it feels like very atomic bomby, but then like maybe Vague. it's not, maybe it's the opposite. Maybe whatever it is that Peter, Peter's power is, is the answer is the antidote to the, the mutant gene suppressor. Maybe it's some kind of enhancing, explosion of mutant power i think it's like it's been described as a world ending event yeah which i don't know I, I, i'd assume that that means we have to take them out right unfortunately Whoa. Warline, Warline said Orphan Maker for the win. Yeah. Which, yeah. Orphan Maker for the win in story, but also for the loss in right. what does the, it the mean? plot. Are we all going to die? Are we going to die? Is Peter going to kill us all? Yeah, that was a week. That was a great week. That was a great week because I just felt like such variety from mm -hmm. the X-Books and a really cool delve into Dark Web. I'm yeah, enjoying Dark Web. I really am enjoying Dark Web. I think it's very fun. And I'm just thinking of it as like, this is a fun story to read kind of see how it all connects. And as I continue to dig into the Inferno stuff, it's cool to see how that stuff all connects too. Yeah. No, and I really appreciated Into the Comic Versus comment earlier this week about the fact that we are enjoying Dark Web, mm -hmm. at least enough to like not bash it. Like a right. lot of other people are just like, ah, oh, you know, th th this is trash or I'm, I'm hating this. And, you know, 
we have, I don't want to say been accused, but, you know, been been said that we try to see the lighter side of everything. Mm. Like what, even if I'm not enjoying this title, what is it adding to the world right, story? Right. And someone is enjoying it. And it's right. good when you're, it, it's good to have a balance when we talk about comics of like what our personal opinion is, but then to also just kind of look at the book for what the book is and not let our opinions influence right, that, yeah. right? Because there are people that read all of the stories that like them, even when we don't like them. You know, like the books that we say, oh, they're, we didn't Marauders like that Marauders is a book, challenge. Right? But people still vote for it in the polls. People so like People Marauders. still like it. So, you know, it, we want to share our opinions, but also just try to objectively look at the stories and have conversations about them and also say, okay, this is the thing that we don't necessarily enjoy about this book, but what is what do we think the intent was or, or yeah. how... Because there, there are people who are putting a lot of work into these things. Right. So, you know, we don't want to discredit that. Not at all. Mm-mm. What's coming next week? Oh, well... To kick us off next week on Monday, actually, before we start talking about next week's books, we are going to be doing a little bit of a more low-key version of our annual X-Men Christmas holiday episode, Ugly Xmas. So this is the third installment of our live show of some sort. And this uh, iteration will happen on Monday, December 26th. It's called The Holiday Hangover, but hang over. And it'll happen at 2 p.m. Eastern time. It'll be only on Instagram Live. Normally we do it on YouTube. Normally, but yeah, we do it on YouTube. We, we talk more with folks on Instagram Live, and yeah. we felt like that was a great mechanism to also engage some of the people that we're going to have on hanging out with us. Yeah, so we'll have a, a handful of people, some of our... Uh, fabulous contributors people who are asking questions every week some fellow podcasters we will have little like you know 10 minute segments with each of our different guests as we just kind of hang in the aftermath of the holidays and talk about the year of Krakoa and Xbox as a whole so there'll be some games there'll be some questions there'll be good times and you can just chill on your couch and hang with us on monday yeah and depending on audio quality and what i can do in editing we might release it as an episode as well yeah so you know we'll see we'll see what we see but yeah that's this monday that's the ex-wife podcast ugly xmas holiday hangover 2 p.m eastern time on instagram live all right but then then but the then comics. comics what are the comics happening next week in comics I don't know. You tell me. Oh, I'll tell you. We've got three more dark webs. Okay, let's go. But a little bit more tied into the main story. Amazing Spider-Man number 16. Ooh. Venom number 14. Okay. That's supposed to be the one that tells you all the things What's you need going to on know. with Venom and Dark Web X-Men number two? Woohoo. Already two weeks after. Yeah. Excited about that. That's on a bi-weekly schedule, which so is Amazing Spider-Man. Always. Oh, cool. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man has been releasing. Always bi-weekly. Twice a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is why we're, you know, only half a year into its start and it's already on issue 16. Oh. But Extreme X-Men number two mm. also continues our, our historical story. Okay. Midnight Suns number four yes. getting magical. I can't wait. New Mutants number 33. Okay, cool. And Exterminators number four. Yes. That's oh, a, but number four, week. which means it's getting closer four of to the five. end. Yeah. And I'm probably going to pick up Timeless number one because I just recently reread last year's Timeless, Mm. so 2021 Timeless, 
it's a Kang story that gives us peeks into some possibilities of the future of the Marvel Universe. And it mentioned Orcus last year. Oh, cool. And it made some predictions that have otherwise come true. So I think that's a good thing to Gotta check it out. Keep up on. All right. Well, I'm excited. Hey, it's we are recording this on Christmas Eve. It will likely go up on Christmas Eve. Whether you celebrate Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, anything else. I'm sorry I don't know all the other holidays. I'm <laughs> I'm working on that. I'm trying to be better. Expand, but, yes. but also know that regardless of what you're celebrating, we're celebrating you. Yes. For listening and engaging and joining us on this journey. We love you. We do love you. We care about you as people and we hope you're having a great time mm-hmm. this season with your family with your friends with your loved ones with yourself because yeah. you know self-love is important as well and you know i always feel like the winter solstice just happened and that's like a rebirth or a renew of a year within itself so this is just a time to sort of soak up all the goodness and all the things that have happened in the past year and think about what's to come and you guys are a huge part of our year and you know, we love you and we're grateful for you. Yeah. So happiest of all the holidays to you folks. And until next time, old friend. Charles, that's two weeks in a row. Where you been? Bye. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan.